Good morning. Well, that was wonderful. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Gabriel, and the rest of you guys. Uh, they not only play, which, you know, for many of us is, like, difficult to play an instrument, and then they sing over top of that, and all while doing that, they are listening and hearing for how Holy Spirit is moving in our hearts, uh, and then they release that, and they pivot, and they sing out, and so I get here early on Sunday mornings, and my wife's a part of several of the teams, so I, I sometimes get a peek behind the curtains, and I know what songs were planned, and, and then when Sunday morning hits, and I see which songs weren't planned, but just the spontaneity of the team to say, oh, Holy Spirit's going this way, and we're going to follow him. So that's so great that they do that with such, um, with such ease and so willingly, instead of saying, well, this is my plan, and this is how we practiced, and we're going to stick to this. They, they lay it all down to serve us, and so thank you so much, worship team. Um, three or four weeks ago, we had been in uh, a couple different messages in a, in a different theme, and and you can go back online and we sort of log all these different different messages and the services they get saved and uploaded to the website, so you can go back and watch them. But then two weeks ago, Jake Hamilton helped us with worship, and uh, Corey Russell came in, and, and they they both deposited something that sort of shifted us a little bit. Corey talked about having. A, uh, a sensitive heart and being tender towards the Lord, this gift of tears and prayer and intercession. And it was um, divinely timed that that happened to be the week after a couple of soft launches and months of prayer that we had launched these um, prayer and worship uh, sets on Tuesdays. And so it was really interesting for us as a leadership team to say, oh, look how God like lined that up for us. And just, it was the the eight ball right next to the corner pocket and the cue ball right lined up and all we had to do was just pop it a little and, uh, and that fell in. So as he's, as, as he's sending ministers to come and stir up our heart for intercession, we had just finished the logistics for creating a place for some of this. And so that was, that was in our hearts and through that message, uh, Corey talked about um, one generation plowing and stirring up for next generation and that there was these deposits, but it happened because our hearts were tender, and sometimes it would come through the, the tears, but those tears would be sown, and they'd create harvests, and it was really great. And then from there, it sort of launched us as, as we kind of turned to follow how the Lord was leading into a, a theme of love. And so last week, um, Pastor Mike went through this great, great length of Scripture to talk about John 13 and 14, 15, and then into 1 John 3 and 4, and just sort of created this map that you could follow where it was like the, the command of God is to love people, and as we love people, we're fulfilling the commands. And Jesus says, if you love me, you will fulfill my commands. And it was just this beautiful, like, trek through the word of God as we saw that these things all line up in a way where as we follow God, he's leading us into love, he, both that he's loving us, but that he's calling us to love others. And as we love others, we're fulfilling all the commandments. And as we fulfill those commandments, we're falling more in love with God, and his love is being perfected in us, and it's creating more opportunities for us to love others. And it was just this beautiful kind of like concentric or perpetual thing where it was starting to spin faster and faster and faster. And, and so this morning, I want to take another look at that and see how we can begin to, to turn that flywheel and we can begin to make it spin just a little bit more and more in our life so that we're not running up against this, how Paul writes about it in the Bible of the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. Because I'm sure many of you have been in that spot where you wake up and you think, okay, 
today I'm, I'm going to be good, and I'm going to have my quiet time, and I'm going to be loving, and I'm going speak to speak kindly to my, my children. And then, you know, by breakfast, you've sort of scratched that whole list, and you're like, well, there's always tomorrow. <laughs> and, and so what I want to take a look at is just sort of this, this beautiful way Jesus sets it up, and the apostles write about it, where we can, we can follow him, and as we follow him, it equips us to do it better, and as we do it better, it's easier to follow him, and it just sort of builds and builds and builds, and we can find this place where we finally sort of break through trying to do it in our own strength, because many of us have tried and failed, and we can find how to do it in the Lord's strength and find some, find some victory in there. And then, so that's a big portion of, of this morning, and I'm hoping to do it real quickly. And then the other thing that I want to deposit with you guys is just a fresh perspective on how we look at loving others. And so let's, uh, let's begin there, and then we'll work our way into the other thing. And so if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, it's being written by John the Apostle, and it's late in his life. And so throughout 1 John, he's, he's writing and he's, and he's calling uh, the, the audience of his letters, he's calling them children, he's calling them friends, but he is so late in his life that he's depositing this wisdom as a father to children. And so this morning we want to we hear it with fresh ears, like children coming from a father figure giving us wisdom. First John chapter 4, starting in 16, it says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on that day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Verse 19, we love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. I was reading through this passage last week, and, and I really got caught up on this verse 20, where it says, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. If we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we can't see? And I was, I was reading through this, and I sort of half-jokingly, but mostly seriously, said to the Holy Spirit, I was like, well, how can, how can we, let's see, uh, how can we love God whom we cannot see? I was like, well, he's perfect, and the people I can't see are a lot of times broken and messed up. I was like, that's, that's how. And, uh, and just as quickly as I thought I was being clever and funny and kind of lobbing this over to the Holy Spirit, he hit it back to me and said, no, um, what, you're, what you're doing is, is wrong. And so it started this whole discussion, and and what I was understanding from this was, I can't see God, and I know that part. I can see people. And first, this First John passage sort of makes it sound like, well, because you can see them, it should be easy to love them because you can, like, actually do stuff for them. Like, it's hard to love God sometimes because, like, I don't know, you buy him a Christmas gift. You don't know if it fits. You set it on the, you know, on the table, and here you go, God, and it still stays there. You know, so there's just, like, in this really practical, like, totally tangible, earthly, almost silly way, like, it's hard to love him. But you can give a gift to someone else, and you can love them, and you can acts of service or words of encouragement or whatever, and you can do those things. 
And so I was seeing it like that, where I was like, okay, like, I, I sort of get this, but it's also God's perfect, and God is love, and he's a good father, so all of that makes it easy to love him. But there's been a lot of shortcomings or failings or offenses from other people, so it makes me hard to love them. And that's where, that's where the Holy Spirit wanted me, because he backed me into this corner, and then he said, okay, here's the spot we're going to talk about. And he was showing me, he says, when I love others based on how they treat me, I am giving them control of my love. I'm going to say that again. So when, when I love someone based on how they treat me, they are totally in control of my love. I'm, I'm no longer in control of my love. I'm not choosing how I love them. I'm letting them choose how I love them. You've hurt me? Okay, now I can't love you. You have, the, you have the dials for my love. You treat me nice, okay, now I can love you a little bit more. They, they chose to turn up the love. And I'm in no way control of how I can love others. But if I love others based on how God is loving me, then I, and ultimately, God is in total control of that love dial. So if I'm, if I'm connected with the Lord, I'm sitting in worship moments like this where Man, those first several songs, like, I'm not a super emotional guy, but I was being touched. Like, the Lord's love was present. And so if he's filling me with love, and I'm allowing his love to, to penetrate a sometimes hard heart or a thick skull, and I'm allowing that, then all of a sudden, like, and I love people based on how he's loved me, that love dial's turned up all the way, regardless of how they treat me. So they're irritating, hurtful, offensive, and I say, that's okay. You're not in control of my love dial, God is. And now I'm free to love them extravagantly, uh, unconditionally, outrageously. And so this is where John was writing from when he's saying, if, if you say you love God but you don't love other people, you're a liar. And, and at first I thought those were such harsh words, and now I'm beginning to realize, oh, it's because what we should be doing isn't always what we've done in the past, but what we should be doing is allowing God to dictate that love dial so, okay, I love others based on how God loves. And I don't give my control over others to let them dictate how I love them. So now my love for them is independent of how I treat them. Which is why we can go out on a, on a Sunday morning or whenever you're out and about and you're moved by the Spirit to do this. But it's why we can go out and we can love people that we've never met before. Because a traditional thinking, like natural human tendency would be like, you don't know that person, why would you love them? They haven't done anything for you. But our love's not placed in what they've done for us. Our love is placed in what God has done for us. So because we know God and we live in his love, this is what those first verses says. Verse 16, jumping back, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love, not in what other people love us, not how they're treating us, but we put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God, which is love, lives in us. So now because of that divine connection, we can go out and we can love these people as if they're our own children. We can love them extravagantly. We can give of ourselves to them. And when we do that, they're completely baffled because they're thinking, I've never done anything for you. Where does this love come from? But for us, it's a testimony to our gospel that, oh, my God is love, and he's filled me with such love that now I can come out and love you. I think where so many young people have gotten disappointed or hurt by the church isn't always necessarily the organized structure of it, but it's the, the people in it because we, we preach a gospel of love and then we're offended and bitter and backbiting and slanderous and gossipy and we do all these things and it, and it gets to a point where our gospel testifies against us that like the thing that we preach 
is now like judging us because we're not walking in it. Um, and so a lot of young people have seen that and thought, well, I don't want to be a part of, part of that because it, it feels a little hypocritical. And that's not a, that's not a, a judgment on us, but that's a, that's a conviction, hopefully, of, hey, let's, let's be better for this because the children are watching. Like the young, the young adults are watching. The young people are taking note. And as we're beginning to think generationally, I mean, not only are we just called to do it biblically, so we should do it, and that should be enough, but it's also like this is having an impact on generations, how we choose to live our lives and how we choose to walk in love is having a, a real and tangible impact on generations. So we need to step out in this love that is irrational and outrageous because that's the love that God has poured out on us. And so we no longer give our control to other people to say, well, you can control how I love you. Now we give the control to God and we say, all right, God, you can control how I love others. And in doing that, it takes a very big, a very big step of faith, which sort of brings me to that, that point that I wanted to talk about of, of how um, there's this there's this sort of wheel or there's this spiral. It's the, like, a, like the flywheel that I talked about where it starts spinning and then it slowly gains momentum. I think one of the first steps is, is making this conscious effort to choose to say, okay, God, I am going to follow your command. And what is your command? Your command is to love. Let's, I'm going to throw a couple of scriptures at you, and, and we don't have to go there, but if you're taking notes, you can just jot them down. I, I choose to obey God's command. That's, that's kind of step one. And then step two, that command is to love others. We see that in John 15, 12. It says, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. And Jesus is real clear in that context. He loved them by taking off his outer garment, washing their feet, and then a few hours later going to the cross and dying. So this is fresh in their mind as they're witnessing this example. It was practical service. It was giving up his title. It was laying all that down, loving on him, loving on the disciples, serving them, and then going and laying his life down and, and doing that. So when he says, love each other in the same way I've loved you, it's not just like a pat on the back and a, you know, hope you have a great day. It's, like, significant. So I choose to obey God's command. Uh, his command is to love others. I remain and abide in God's love. That's sort of this next step on this flywheel to get it spinning. John 15, 10 says, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Another translation says, you abide in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. So Jesus talking to the disciples are telling them, when you, when you obey my commandments, and his commandment is to love others, we remain in his love. So we're giving him the dials on the, on the love, but we can only do that when we remain in his love. Because it's, I am treating others how God has treated me. And so if, if we've missed this part of, I don't know how God treats me, we got to kind of go back to that and start there. But as soon as you've had an encounter with God's love, it brings us to this place where we now owe an encounter to someone else. We owe this encounter to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to the people in the community, even to our, our children or to the next generation of people that we are fathering and mothering, biologically or not. We, are, we, we owe them an encounter with that same love that has changed our life. So we choose to obey God's command. We're loving others. When we, when we obey and we love others, we are remaining and abiding in his love. And when we remain and abide in God's love, it's easier for us to obey his commands. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will obey his, my commandments. So we're loving him. He's loving us. 
We're following the commandments. The commandments are to love others. We're loving others. And by loving others, it helps us to remain in his love. And when we remain in his love, we love others better. And as we love others better, we're fulfilling the commandments, and it's causing us to love God more. So it begins this whole thing where it's just like, okay, now we've got this big thing, and it is turning. And it's turning faster and faster because each step sort of feeds into the next step of like, wow, like now it's easier and easier to do this thing. But for a lot of us, we've spent our lives sitting outside of that cycle, outside of that flywheel, outside of that circle, where we come into a service and we get our love fix and we have some Holy Spirit goosebumps and we say, wow, that was really great. And then we go home and we're bottling up tight all the love that's been poured inside of us, never pouring it out. And so it's hard for us to engage in this because we see it from, from a person. We, we haven't started to turn the wheel. You know, we, we love God. He loves us. But we haven't taken that next step. And, and so many times it's hard for us because that next step involves a lot of dying to self. When we choose to obey God's command to love other people, it's not our own desire and it's not our own wants and it's not our own preference. We're putting God's preference, his wants and desires, above our own. And that's uh, difficult for selfish people. And, and I'm, I'm one of them. I'm not like pointing fingers. I'm saying like, when we wake up, our first inclination is to take care of ourselves. And you have to step out of that. And you have to say, okay, God, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crucify my flesh. I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to take up this cross. I'm going to follow you. And then in doing so, we begin to turn that wheel a bit more. But it is, it is not easy. And you have to step out past yourself. And that's you know, ideally all of us, every time we're out in the community, anytime you're at the grocery store or the laundromat or like any place that you go at the park with your kids or at the pool trying to not overheat, like anywhere that you go, ideally we want to all arrive at this place that we're always just walking with the Holy Spirit. That just like Jesus's story and his life throughout the Gospels, it, was, it wasn't that he would, like, go into town and set up a booth and then be like, okay, everyone, like, come here for ministry. It was just, like, while he's walking and he's talking with his disciples and someone runs up to him and is like, my daughter is dead. Or he's on his way to, like, go heal someone and then, like, someone touches his robe and, and now there's, like, this whole encounter with a woman who's been sick for years. And, and, and everywhere that he went, it was just sort of, like, part of his life. It wasn't, like, this scheduled time of, like, okay, guys, it's... It's Friday at three, like, you know what we're doing now, like, we got to go out, and, and it was just, it was so much a part of his life. We want to get to that place where this is just a part of our life, where this is just natural, but that jump from this flywheel is not spinning, and I've been a little selfish to that's my everyday moment, and I just follow God, and we're constantly encountering people and praying for them, it feels like a big gap. And so that's why we create moments like this morning where we say, okay, let's get filled up with his love, and now let's go out and do it. And, and we, we, we try to organize it, not because it needs to be organized, not because the only way this works is if you do it a part of an organized church. It's just because it's sometimes hard to be motivated enough or to be uh, compelled or to have the faith or the courage to step out on your own. And so we're trying to to help in the family of like raising up people. We want to say, okay, here's people who've done it before. Come up and partner with one of them to go out, to see how it's done. Or to just, sometimes you need that mama bird to push you out of the nest. Like that's, that's us trying to kick you out of a Sunday morning, hopefully early, to say, okay, like let's, let's go and let's do this thing 
so that we can begin to move that flywheel. And as we step out in obedience and as we love others, begins to just sort of move this thing faster and faster until it becomes just our everyday natural life where we're just doing life with God and Holy Spirit and, and in our everyday checking out all of a sudden, oh, I have this word for the cash register. And it wasn't a, well, you know, gosh, it's the afternoon and I haven't done anything yet for the Lord. I need to go out. It's just as I'm in my going out, as I'm in my community, I'm having an impact because I've got this sort of big flywheel spinning. So those are my, those are my big encouragements. Um, I want to add one more thing, and then we're going to share some testimony and encourage you with a couple more scriptures. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. This is just, in my Bible, it's the same page that we were on just a few paragraphs before. And it says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we'll be confident when we stand before God. I, there's, there's so much of love that, um, that falls short when it's just words. And, and John is encouraging us, let's put it into action. Let's not just say that we love people, but let's actually go out and do it. And so... Whatever that looks like, I know we have a lot of different opportunities. Some people go up to Denver. Some people go down south. Some people stay here locally in Castle Rock. For some families, it just doesn't work on a Sunday right after church. But make it, make it your point today to put, put this into action, that it wouldn't just be words, that it wouldn't just be a prayer at lunch of like, well, Lord, pray that you'd send someone to love our community. No, 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 I, he's sending us. Like, we're the ones that we have to respond to that prayer. Someone else prayed for us in the last generation, saying, send them, and now we're here, and the Lord is saying, all right, I'm sending you, and so it is, it is our job to step in and fulfill those prayers and say, okay, we are praying for a city that has been clothed in prayer, and now it is time for action and not just words. All right, let me pray that over you. Father, I pray that uh, you would stir us up, that we, wouldn't, we would no longer give our love control to others, that we wouldn't love them based on how they've treated us, but instead we would love them based on how you treat us. Father, we pray that we would give you the control to the dial of our love, that we would be able to love extravagantly because of how you've loved us. I pray that um, we would be stirred to begin to step out and deny ourselves and say, okay, I'm not going to stay in what is convenient or what is, um, what is safe or what is comfortable, but instead I'm going to step out and do what is obedient do what your word has called us to, do what your spirit is stirring us to. And Father, as we do that, I pray that you begin to spin this love flywheel, that we can follow your commands and love others. And, and in loving others, we're loving you and we're following you. And it, and it just, it builds and builds and builds until this is our everyday. But help us with that first step. Help us with that next step, wherever we're at in this process of loving well and loving in actions, Lord, we pray that you would equip us for all of it by the power and the grace of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Victoria, are you here? Victoria, there she is. Come on up here, Victoria. She loves to come up on a microphone. Give her a hand. Damien, will you come up? 
they didn't really know. He didn't know he was going to be doing this. So this is just spur of the moment. Uh, but I just want you to hear quickly just, um, just two quick testimonies. You're going to share a quick testimony. Is that okay? <laughs> You're like, sure. Um, uh, we went out, when we went out just a few weeks ago, um, just uh, how it just stirred hearts. And, and Victoria had, hasn't gone out before, right? Not, not, before, not, yeah. not, not be- before the one we just went to. Yeah, so this was her first time. And I'll just start her off here because in case she doesn't say it. But as she said, she was driving up. She goes, I was so nervous. I, my stomach was in knots. And uh, she's like, I didn't want to do this, but I couldn't get out because I wasn't driving. She was with, <laughs> she was with someone else, so she had to go up at this point. And uh, but then just just share what happened. So um, I used to pass out um, doing like, or almost pass out in front of a crowd, like at school, getting in front of people. And I used to pull a teacher aside and say, "Can I please do my presentation over on the side?" So this is a big deal for me to get up here. <laughs> But, um, and I, well, I just started here back in like March. We have not been here. It's my son and I. I'm a single mom. We haven't been here very long. And not long after I started, he got up and said, We're going to go out and minister on the streets. And I'm like, Oh gosh. <laughs> you know, that's something I've always prayed to do. But I was like, God, I'm not flowing in my gifts. I started like, oh, like I know I'm supposed to do this. I don't know if I can do this. Um, and so I kind of wrestled with God. And I came on a Wednesday night, and um, I think it's Rebecca prayed at the end of the service. She prayed um, over us going out. And God, I felt the anointing of God I almost broke out in tears. I'm like, and I knew it was something I was supposed to do. And I thought I heard where I was supposed to go, but wasn't sure. And I wrestled with it. And I'm like, okay, God, if I'm going to do this, I said, you've got to line things up for me. Like, I don't know how to do this. I have some gifts, but I'm not really flowing in my gifts. I don't know how to do this. And so I started laying it out. Like, <laughs> I'd be driving down the road, okay, going, okay, God, if I'm going to do this, I say yes, I say yes. Um, but I said, you've got to line me up with somebody that can mentor me, that I can watch them do this. I have to learn. I, it's not something I've practiced in. Um, so line me up you just gotta line me up and I went to a Tuesday group and I said my church is going out to minister I'm like petrified <laughs> can you guys pray for me so this is this is out of my comfort zone <laughs> let's just put it real bluntly and so um I came on the Sunday and they, they were standing up here with signs I was like I, I, I don't know where I'm gonna go but I saw I can't remember your name. I saw him with a sign and Michael. And so I was like, okay, I know he's experienced. I know he knows how to pray. So I went over to Michael and I'm like, can I go with you? And as he was talking to somebody else, all of a sudden I felt a leading of the spirit. I saw this Englewood sign that um, Kimberly was holding. I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know where Englewood is. And so I walked up to Kimberly and I said, I think I'm supposed to go there. And she goes, we're not going to Englewood. I'm like, where's Englewood? And she's, um, she goes, well, we're not really going there. They're going downtown, and there'll be Marcus leading a group. So I'm like, I'm, that's where I'm supposed to go. And so a group of us got together, and we went to Del Taco. And, and when we got done and we were getting ready to go to the group, go out, Marcus was like, he looked at the group that we had, and he's like, this is interesting, <laughs> like, and um, he's like, 
but God, God will be with us, kind of thing. And so, um, and and He was, and. I really felt like I was going to throw up on the way there. I was so nervous. I'm like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. And and um, I walked that out could there. Have been <laughs> I walked out there, and um, and he just kind of assigned us to somebody, and and we followed, and we prayed for a few people, and it seemed like we were done. And um, and we were chatting with one of the churches that was there, and. It was kind of engaging in a little bit of conversation, but then I just kind of pulled back and I started praying in the spirit. I'm like, God, I, I, I came here for more. I, I want to really see something powerful happen. And I just kind of quietly, nobody knew I was praying in the spirit and started looking around and just praying over the people that were just right around us. And for about 10 or 15 minutes, I was praying. And then all of a sudden, I turn around, and Jeremy is over there ministering to this guy and leading him to the Lord. And this guy was just standing there, open, just following what Jeremy was saying. And his, the delight on this guy's face was just incredible. And I almost broke out in tears, and I was just watching, just like, thank you, God. Like, my heart was so touched. And Marcus was there with us, and then... And then I, as I was, like, gathering myself, like, I was just undone. And then I turn around, and I see Marcus and his son sitting around, sitting over, talking to another guy. And so I went over and, and started engaging, and some other people went over and started um, just praying for this guy. His name is John. And... Um, and John gave his life to the Lord and just saw some miracles happen in his body. And then Marcus and I were still talking to John and when he went over and was ministering to this girl named Sarah and the group just kind of followed. And, and so I went over there and again, just a, I was undone. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Just watching God move and his love pouring out on people was just absolutely amazing. And I was so touched. And I just went home. First, we were walking back to the car, and I'm like, God, that was awesome. <laughs> and I went home, and I laid on my bed, and I was like, I can't listen to music. I, I just laid on my bed, and I was just awestruck. And I just took in what God did that day, and I was just... I was totally undone, and I just laid there for like two or three hours just trying to absorb what I had just witnessed. I, it was amazing. So I, I know not everybody can do this, but th there are some spiritual moms and dads out there who may not be able to do, do this, and that's okay, you know. Give yourself grace. If you're in a condition that you can't, that's okay. But I'm going to ask you one thing. Sarah and John have a big obstacle to overcome. And there was another guy who had just gotten set free from drugs four months ago, and I don't remember his name. And they need spiritual moms and dads because they have a long road to walk out. So please be a mom or dad to those individuals and pray pray for Sarah and John and for the people who are going to go out today that God's spirit just move and touch his children. This is Damien and uh, amazing guy. He's actually, he's, he was our, uh, 
uh, our soccer coach for, for, our, for our oldest daughter and uh, just uh, got to know him and we've been walking together and uh, this was his first time to go out uh, just a couple weeks ago and, and I just, I, as we went out, I just said, hey, you know what? We don't know what happens, what's going to happen. Um, and a lot of times we just kind of start, we just walk, we just start, you know, maybe go over here and pray with somebody. And I said, you watch. Like, we're just going to go. We're going to kind of do things. It's almost like you're, you're just kind of fumbling around, like, don't, you know, okay, that happened. And then the don't. <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden, though, I said, you wait. Then something's going to hit. And it's like the presence of the Lord will come. And then this is where you get blown away. And uh, go ahead. <laughs> well, honestly, I didn't really want to go out and pray for somebody. Like, that's not... It's not normal, right? Our everyday experience, right? Unless you're a believer, it's like, hey, I'm Damien. Can I pray for you? Like, that's not something I'm, you know, courageous enough to do other than I'm getting to that point in my life that I'm like, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And so, to, to be honest, I thought Victoria was like, oh, she must be part of the ministry team. She must be part of the prayer team because she was down in Denver. I was like, that was my first thought. I was like, our perception can become reality. And so don't let our thoughts and perceptions or emotions get y'all messed up, right? That's the enemy coming in, right? So I was not about to go down to Denver, but I was here by myself, you know, for church. I was like, all right, God, I'm going to put myself out there and take a step of faith and be like, all right, Mike, I want to go down to Denver with you. And he said, yes, of course. So we went down to Denver. We we walked around, we prayed for a few different people, but we came upon this person, Sarah, who the darkness was heavy, right? She's been addicted on the streets for 10 plus years. And I, I don't even know who, who said they had like a thought of, they had a thought of, they were coming down to pray for somebody named Sarah. And then we just happened upon all, all these different groups came upon this woman and just started praying for her, and you could just see like the, the love of God coming over her and just this amazing like spiritual moment like that I did not expect coming down to you know jumping into something but long story short we prayed for her and you know told her how much the God loved her and all these different things now the end of the story wasn't like encouraging right Eventually, she got up and, like, bolted after she was coming off of some drugs. But the whole point is, like, to step out in that courage and pray for people who need it. And I think it was your message a couple weeks ago. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey, right? It's about what I've learned to step in that faith, step out in that faith and pray for people who need it. And it's not about, I think we, for me, we want to see that result because I think that's the way we've been trained as United States citizens. Like we want to see the result, but it's not the result. That's not up to us. That's up to God. So we are just there to do our part and he creates the end destination. So that's it. So good. I think we have two more preachers. I did not want to go up here and do this. Just so we're saying <laughs> <laughs> as we were just 
just stay back here for a second. But as we were just, as we were praying in the prayer room, I felt like the Lord just, I just heard the words, put it into practice. And, uh, and here's the thing I would say. There's a, there's a story that, that Jesus tells about the, uh, the wise and the foolish builders. And uh, you guys may or may not know the story, but uh, one of them built his house on the rock, the other built his house on the sand. And when the winds and the storms came, the one that was built on the rock remained. The one that was built on the sand was, was washed out, wiped out, demolished, gone. And I feel like this is our lives. Uh, this is what Jesus was talking to is, what are we building our lives on? And, and when you really boil this down, when, when what Jesus is saying here, there's one thing that's different between the wise builder and the foolish builder. They, it says that they both, they both heard the words of Jesus. It says they, they heard the words of mine. He heard the words of mine, both of them, the foolish one and the wise one. But it says, but the wise builder put it into practice. And, and I want to encourage you in this, that, that it's not just hearing the word, it's actually being doers of the word. Andrew talked about this, that, that we talk about these things. We talk about loving others, going out, and, and, but there's an action part. And those that build their house on the rock, the sustainable home that has an eternal perspective here and understanding, it's those that hear the words and then put them into practice. There's another scripture I'll just quickly go to and then we're going to close here in Philippians 4. And it says something very similar. It's Paul and he's talking about this, this grace, or I'm sorry, this peace that we have. It's the peace of God which transcends all understanding, which guards our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. But then he goes on and he talks about this place of, of he says, brothers and sisters, finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Put your heart on these things. And then he says this. A lot of, a lot of times we just stop there. He says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. So this is that place of, okay, we, we know the word. We've seen it. We, we see what Paul's done. But then he goes, whatever you've seen in me, whatever you've heard from me, put it into practice. And here's what happens. And it says, and the God of peace will be with you. When we begin to step out and put these things into practice, when we put his love into practice, it says he will be with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. It's, it's what they were talking about here. It's, it's, it goes beyond our own abilities. It isn't about us. It's not something that we can, like, we can make happen. We don't produce fruit on our own. It's through him that fruit is produced. It's when we abide in the vine. When we love others through his love, there is fruit that's produced. It's by his power. It's by his might. It's not our strength. So I want to encourage you in that. I just felt I'm going to have, would you guys stand up as we close here? And I'm going to have Victoria just, just pray over us here. And, uh, and here's what I would say. We're going to have, we have, uh, we have, where, where's oh, Lindy? She ran out. She's probably setting up out there. But 
I don't know which side is which, so hopefully when you go out there, you can ask her. But um, what is it? Okay. So the right side is, is Castle Rock and um, kind of more of maybe those that, uh, that do have homes. Um, the left side is, is probably more like the Denver area, Inglewood, those that uh, maybe when you're out with the homeless. And so uh, we've tried to kind of set these bags up, these blessing bags for, for depending on where you're going. Um, and look, these are just tools. These are just things that we can, you can hand people, bless them, and then just use that as an opportunity to, to pray over them. But what we're doing is we're going out, we're sharing the love of Jesus, and guess what? He shows up with power. When we go and we share Jesus and we share his love, he's the one that begins to move on the hearts of people. And I promise you, it will amaze you. It will blow your mind because it's not about you. But if you've never done this before, don't try to go out alone. Go with someone, go with someone who's done this before. And uh, actually, let me just get a, a hand. For those of you who are comfortable doing this, have done this before, would you guys just maybe raise your hand? And, uh, um, and if you're kind of comfortable, still raise your hand because you're going you're gonna to kind of go out with others. I just, here's the thing is, We'll have, if you guys, if, maybe just come up to the front afterwards. And uh, if someone else just wants to go with you, um, just be someone that, that you can say, yeah, come alongside. I want to encourage you in this. So I feel like don't miss this opportunity. Uh, it will blow your mind. It is awesome and amazing. So, Victoria, will you close us in prayer here and just pray? And I just feel like I'm just going to just pray an anointing. Because uh, guess what? We go out in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so she's just going to release that over you too. <laughs> she didn't know she was going to do this. But she's good. Dear Father, I just ask that your presence go with us today. God, we are your hands and feet. And I ask that the glory of God be seen through our lives, Father. And you have handpicked people for us to minister today. And I pray that we are open to your spirit open to your love and your presence, Father God, and that your healing anointing would flow out of us today, Father God. And I do pray for your anointing over all your hands and feet, God, that are being commissioned today and sent out. God, I just I release the love of God over them to pour out, God, your love, because it is through you and it is only through you that we are capable of doing this. And I just thank you for this, Father God. And for those who aren't able to go, but they're prayer warriors, I, I commission you. And again, I pray for the anointing over you, that you would cover us in your prayer and your blessing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.